0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the sophomore episode of our brand new show, The GVG Cast, where we get together to kick back and chat about what we've been playing, the week's biggest gaming news, and of course, discuss topics submitted by our wonderful patrons. I'm your host, Ash Paulson, and I'm joined today by my good friend and GVG co-founder Steve Bowling, as well as our amazing art director, Daniel Alba. Guys, how you doing? How's your week been?
1: Oh, man, it's been a week. <laughs> uh, so Yes, for those- that it has. I can finally talk in detail about Horizon, which is so good, that I won't talk Woo. about it in detail because I love you all too much to spoil anything, Right? but goddamn, go play that game. Please, Dude, go play that please game. Do. first. the first thing I'm doing when
0: I finish the post-production work on this episode tonight is going out to Target or somewhere and buying Horizon Forbidden West because I am so freaking excited to play this game finally. Hell I'm so happy yeah. it's
1: out.
2: I'm, uh, I've already gotten a couple hours into it, and it's really it, – uh, it looks gorgeous. It feels uh, amazing. I, <laughs> I'm going to give Ash a heart attack by talking about it.
0: <laughs> I can't wait. And if you haven't seen Steve's review of Horizon Forbidden West right here on the channel, you should go check it out because he did a bang-up job. And, dude, I have to thank you yeah. again for taking that off my hands when work just got too crazy for me. I super appreciate you you know, doing that, and, and you killed it, man. You did an amazing job on your review. And I cannot wait to play it. Well, I, I know what score you gave it. I know how much you
1: loved it. And yep. I can't wait to play it. Is, it. <laughs> it is my first perfect score on GVG. And I I, I wow. don't want to just take all the credit here. I do have to give a huge thanks to Brandon uh, because oh, he stepped in at the 11th hour and edited that for me. Uh, my parents, for those of you that haven't kept up, my parents came into town while I was like, I had the most fraught review cycle ever with this game. And it's not because Sony like gave me no time to do it. They provided me plenty of time but like ash said i planned on him doing it and then his life got busy but i had literally two out of town trips and then my parents showed up like while i was doing all this so it it just was a lot of life stuff going on around the review cycle of this game for me uh so yeah Yeah. I, i i just you know brandon can't be here his internet is down but uh god bless him (laughs) the fact that he, I, I literally hit him up, I think, uh, two days before the review went live. And I was like, look, man, I've written and recorded. I was like, but my family's in town and I really don't want to be like locked up in my office while they're doing things all around me, you know, trying to tell them to like, you know, just, just exist around me while I make a video. So he, he hopped in and really helped me out with that. Can't thank him enough. I I know that he is not resting because he's definitely playing Horizon, <laughs> but I I hope he's yeah. getting some well deserved rest somewhere in there.
0: Hopefully he does this weekend. And by the way, for those of you asking about Derek, he's fine. Uh, but he had plans with his family tonight, and he actually did offer to join us halfway through. But we were like, dude, we've all been working hard. You need to rest. You yeah. didn't, You know you didn't. He did an amazing job on his Inability Chronicles three analysis with uh, Chuga, and we're like, dude. Take the night off. We got this. Go enjoy yeah, you know, spending time. It's with Friday night. Go so, have fun.
1: I mean, this is my exactly. fun. Friday night, but yeah, you know, yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to see all y'all. I'm happy to see Daniel Uh, Radiant Alba. That's that's the new name.
0: <laughs> I love it. He is quite radiant. Yes. Um, also, for those Thank of you, you asking about John, he will be on the occasional episode of the GVG cast, but it is midnight for him. So it is more important to us, of course, that he gets sleep, that he spends proper time with his family. You know, by the time we finish here, it's about one thirty in the morning his time. So he will be on the occasional episode, but you shouldn't expect him to see him that often here on this show because, again... That time difference. Yeah, we it's don't want to ask him
1: to start doing something at midnight. You know, if if we've got something like <laughs> exactly. a Nintendo Direct or something like that, then you can absolutely expect him there. But
0: uh, right.
1: you know, on on a weekly podcast, we just don't want to commit him to something like that. He's got family. He's got a baby. Yeah, you know, we all know how that goes, or at least I do. I have babies. <laughs> I <laughs> you know and how... Derek do. I... Yeah, yeah, Derek yeah, does too. We don't. So... <laughs> I
0: have my wife, but no kids over here. Just uh, just yeah. an amazing, wonderful wife. But um, yeah, yeah. well. As always, we do have a sponsor. We have a couple of sponsors for today's episode, the first one of which is our good friend The Game Orb. The Game Orb is a YouTube channel that brings commentary and gameplay footage from the Nintendo Switch and Xbox Series X gaming systems. While games like Sonic Colors Ultimate and Splatoon 2 can be seen on the channel, the Game GameWorb will have a new Mario Party Superstars video every weekday this month, which, which will include a match with me, Steve, and a friend of his, as well as videos showing all five boards with 30 turns each and ranking all the mini games in groups of which game they originated from. So be sure to subscribe to the Game Warb, and I'm going to drop those links right here in our YouTube chat. Please, please show them love because they have showed the us so much love since the very beginning. Yeah. and they have just been amazing so thank you game orb please everyone go check out their content and subscribe i just pinned uh their links uh his link as well as his friend galactic reapers link to our
1: youtube chat Heck so please yeah. thank you so much for your support real quick that. i want to point out yeah. i'm seeing uh some some familiar faces in the chat that haven't been present for a while ditto M. I, I see him in the chat welcome yeah back. it's been a while it's really good to see hey. you and uh dat alpha lion i'm never gonna Uh, skip on an opportunity to self-promote that is not in fact a no more heroes 3 shirt that is a good vibes gaming shirt and uh, if you're watching here on youtube you can find it right beneath this video available for purchase so if you like it it's available for you right now with a few new shirts designed by the uh the man himself uh daniel coming very soon
0: yeah so definitely keep an an eye for that that. (laughs) Uh, we also do have a couple of Super Chats coming in. Uh, our good old friend Jaden Buck with $5. Continuing on the crazy question Fridays. I love this. <laughs> crazy question number 28. So we've got Xbox Series S and Xbox Series X. Do you think we'll get an Xbox Series E? It's not even the post show yet. Yeet it's for not even extra. the post show yet and we're getting spicy. <laughs> Something tells me that's not going to happen. Just a, just a, a Prob- hunch, but I don't think Microsoft's going to do that.
1: Probably not, but if they do... Yeah. I I will buy a Series S and a Series E <laughs> just for the memes. Yeah. I
2: mean they've already yeah. made the X bone, so who knows from here on that is true. And they did they, they did, did do the, the
1: uh Xbox One sad edition. The uh, Xbox One is <laughs> right. all digital. <laughs> but...
0: And I kind of always liked shortening Xbox Series X to XX. So we kind of already got there anyway. It, it yeah. kind of works, right? So, uh, <laughs> thank you, Jaden, for the question, uh, watch TL with $2. Thank you so much. Uh, asking us, have any of you ever eaten dim sum? Yes, I have. And I love it. Mm-hmm. And now you just made me want, I've got coffee, which is my other favorite thing, but now you're making me want dim sum and I can't eat it because we're doing this episode. Thank. I you. will say <laughs> you
1: so much. that, you know, you're at authentic dim sum when they cut the food with scissors, when they, when they come to the table that's and they right. cut stuff up with scissors, that's how you know you're at one of the good spots
0: yeah hell yeah oh i gotta get dim sum soon now thank you for the reminder watcher uh wreck bcq with two dollars thank you so much saying the gvg cast graphics look slick well
1: done daniel hell yeah hell oh.
0: yeah man
2: thanks for receiving
0: no, so no much. question there you <laughs> killed it dude
1: i i will be um, the first to admit my my inner steve jobs came out when we were working on these i was like i don't know what's wrong with it but it needs to be perfect
0: <laughs> <laughs> but the important thing is that it got there and and what we got, what we came up with, what Daniel came up with kicks ass. And yep. dude, again, Daniel, you can't you kill it, man. Thank you.
2: Oh man, yeah, it's always a team effort to put all these put together. Um everyone gets their input heard and we always make sure that everyone is cool with what we have on here before we throw it up here. So Yeah. It is it's
1: definitely designed by committee, but Daniel is is clearly the the visionary of the group here on these. <laughs> <laughs> i really want um, to get that
0: logo and like an acrylic lamp type thing like because yep. it's like the whole neon light loungy vibe and i think that would be so cool to have an like an acrylic lamp version of that on the wall or something
2: like those I like really all those cool. like little like pipe frame those yeah. uh, pipe lamps that have like the, yeah. they say, now open but it's just the GVG cast instead of with the buttons and control pad that looks so cool right
0: uh, really quick answering a personal question from Ditto M in the chat. Do I have a dog? Not at the moment. Um, our, our dog, our previous dog passed away about a year and a half ago now. And in that time we've moved and my wife and I plan to get another dog. Just, it's just a matter of when we have time to actually go out and do it. But yes, th- we will have a dog. It'll probably be another Yorkie. We love Yorkies, so I will have a dog soon, and you can bet that when we do, it's going to become an unofficial mascot of the channel. Like, that's totally... The way Maximilian Dude does with his dog, it's totally got to happen. It's like, you know, (laughs) everyone loves dogs. Who doesn't love dogs? All right. uh, Our good friend Sonic and Mega Man 531 with $5. Thank you so much. Saying, ironically, while Illumination is working on the Mario movie, don't forget that in Despicable Me, Vector had a Wii console, remember? I don't remember because I never saw Despicable Me. Did you Um, guys?
1: Nope. I mean, well... I should say I've seen it, but I haven't seen it like my kids yeah. have watched it multiple times with me in the room. And my I'm just having like an out of body experience waiting for the movie to be over. <laughs> we've
2: yeah. we've observed right.
1: it. <laughs> yeah, it has. It has happened around <laughs> me at one point. Yeah. Uh,
0: Black Ninja with two dollars. Here we go. Waiting for Conduit Remastered while others want Metroid. <laughs> Keep that flame burning for Conduit, man. I, I love it. I love that you're so committed to the cause. I hope that it happens for you someday. I really do. Uh, All right. And then last super, super chat for now, uh, Eric Flapjack Ashley with $5. So thank you so much saying, Daniel got me hyped to play Majora's Mask on Twitter today. Have a great show, guys. Majora's Mask is awesome. And uh, we're going to talk about that later in the show. Uh, It is coming to uh, switch uh, NSO N 64 on the 25th. So. Not long to wait.
2: I'm so looking um, forward for people to play that for the first time and just to oh play it man. again. And to, I want to stream this game, too. I, I want everyone to experience my love for this game. So I'm very much looking forward for that next week.
1: Oh, it's such yeah. a special game. I'm, I'm yeah. terrified, though, because I, I mean, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask are two of my favorite games ever. And certainly Cream of the Crop for the N64, as far as I'm concerned, which, I mean, low mm-hmm. bar, but still. Uh, but I <laughs> yeah. know these games so intimately that like I tried to play Ocarina of Time and the input lag was enough to just turn me off of it. Same for Mario 64. Like I felt like both of them had just ever so slight, like they, they had noticeable input lag and it just, I I just couldn't play it. And I know that Ocarina of Time still has some visual glitches, but I haven't even been able to play far enough to experience those because the the controls yeah. are just so, comparatively unresponsive that ah man i just can't do it i need them i need nintendo to do better with these and i'm hopeful because every time they release a game they make minor tweaks to the emulator and fixes and it gets a little bit better so i'm hopeful that with majora's mask we'll finally get whatever update we need to bring it up to par with at least with playing it on an original n64 i hope so because banjo
2: kazooie played Pretty seem pretty perfectly for Benjo Kazoie. I didn't notice any differences with that. So hopefully going forward they're they're emulating this with yeah. a bit more like like of a mind for this kind of stuff that people will notice as you did, as you said, and noticed. So yeah, Benju seemed is,
0: pretty like... solid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that maybe we'll get Kirby sixty four next month for you know just to kind of ring in the release of Kirby and the Forgotten Land. I guess we'll see what they decide on, but that would make sense to me. Um, speaking of n 64 or NSO n 64, I tweeted this out the, uh, yesterday or the other day, but uh, I had a fight a founder session. Uh, that's one of our Patreon tiers, by the way, if you're curious about that, check <laughs> us out at patreon.com slash gaming. I had a fight founder session with our good friend, super dank, awesome unicorn guy where we played Mario Kart 64 and you guys, I can't believe I ever used to be good at this game <laughs> because I, I don't get the, I don't get the physics anymore. I, I can't. I feel can't like an old
2: it. man with a controller in my hands like what is this it's, game I don't understand it's anymore so
0: weird and like I'm still really good at like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Mario Kart DS those are still fine I can still play them I don't think it's my age in this case yes I'm old but in this case I don't think that's it I just I can't figure out Mario Kart 64 anymore I don't know how to be good at it
2: Drifting I don't is know so what weird and awkward, and the physics yeah. are just not right <laughs> anymore. It's like the I don't remember are... planes anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, the physics are super bizarre. I mean, I was always bad at Super Mario Kart, so that's not surprising. I'm still bad at that, but I was pretty yeah. good at 64 back in the day, and I just I can't I can't do it
1: anymore. So, well, you're also playing it on it, NSO though, which I mean, to be fair, I think you need to give yourself a little bit of credit, like like give yourself a little bit of a sure. skill offset based on the fact that Fair the enough. emulations yeah. not perfect and you're playing it on the worst of the big three online networks uh, you know that is true um, that is true yeah, yeah. And, you're, and you're essentially just playing bolted on online so it's so it's there, there's yeah. a lot of things there that I think you should you should be a little less hard on yourself about it. Uh, one thing I noticed with those games, I, I went out and I bought the N64 controller Nintendo didn't even send it to me. Uh, I, I just went out and I wanted it so bad that I picked up like the, the new N64 controller. And that thing is way wonkier than I remember. Like I, yeah, I, I did not get the complaints as a teenager. Like, you know, obviously those of us that are old enough to have been around when that came out, like, you know, the complaints about the design are not new. Like everybody that saw it was like, man, that's weird. I don't want to use that. Uh, you know, but I was, uh, at this point, like a Nintendo diehard. I loved that controller. I had zero issues with it as a teenager, but getting it back, like Daniel's holding right there. Every game feels weird on it.
2: It <laughs> like, still feels weird.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> you know, yeah. a little nub. <laughs> decades of, of refinement in analog stick technology has has made me come around to the other side of that argument. I'm like, what were you thinking, Nintendo? That thing is a pain to use.
0: I I have to say, as much of a uh, of a hardcore Nintendo fan as I was and still am, I never liked the N sixty four controller. Even back in the day, you, you were was... on the
1: right side of history on that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I never liked it. I, uh, I I just I always felt. Janky and and awkward to me, but fortunately, they would then turn around and go to the, in the complete opposite direction. In my opinion, with the GameCube controller, which is still one of my very favorite oh, controllers yeah. of all time. Of the
1: best if not
0: my top favorite. Yeah, I still. I remember ad- seeing boy, that the
1: game. GameCube controller and being like, "Oh God, yes!" <laughs> like the yeah, minute uh-huh. I saw it, I was like, "I want that!" Yeah. In my life. I imported that, and I remember mm-hmm. like this is the worst story I could probably tell, but it's very telling of where my mind was at in two thousand one. But I remember going to target on nine 11, I was working, you know, so I, I went to work super early in the morning and the whole day people were talking to me and they're like, did you hear, did you hear? And I had just gone into social chameleon mode and I was like, yeah, terrible. Everything. Wow. What a day. Woo. Can't what where the world. And I get home and I finally like open the door. I'm living with my mom and dad at this point. And I'm like, what happened today? what was the terrible thing that happened today? Cause no one actually told me for my entire shift, what had happened. Just everyone was like, can't believe it. Terrible day tragedy. And I, I so I just started repeating it. Yep. Awful tragedy. Got it. And <laughs> I get home and they're like, we're under attack. I was like, wait, what? Like, what? What? Like we got attacked and my dad showed me the video Jesus. and it was terrible. Oh. And I had the initial like, Oh God, like this is the worst thing in human history. And then I thought about it and I was like, I bought my import GameCube from a place in New York. Am I ever gonna get oh. that? <laughs> and, really? Oh my oh God. I, I, I hate what? to say it, but I was like, did the store oh that I my bought God. my GameCube from get blown up? Because the GameCube had come out like two days before, I think. And I was like, I just spent hundreds of dollars on that thing. Am I ever gonna cause they grounded flights, you couldn't go anywhere? I was like, and I felt bad. Like I called them and I was like, Are you guys okay? And they're like, yeah, we're okay. And I was like, do you know when orders will ship again? <laughs> and I was like, ah! You didn't, <laughs> no. you didn't
0: ask them that. You, you didn't. You I did.
1: had to. You have to remember, oh, well, to I was me, like 20 years old. I was yeah, like, you're, you're, I spent all yeah. my money in the world on this thing. And now I was like, I don't even <laughs> oh know if it God. exists. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever get and absolutely I felt like we were such all a piece of shit when it showed up. I was like, I'm glad I have this. <laughs> well, and I feel like I absolutely is. shouldn't be glad I have this. Well, at
0: least even at the time you felt bad about it. because I mean, Oh, no, were I all definitely did. Right? So. <laughs> then I played Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> and I was like, this game slaps. This is great. Right. Oh, my God. Oh, um man. In, in, in some other well, in some good vibes, I uh, I got a message here in our live audience patron chat from uh, Juan Delgado saying, "Hey Ash, I'm playing Okami this week. You happy? You bet I am, man. Oh, Okami nice. is my second favorite game of all time, and I try to spread the Okami gospel everywhere I can. I hope you enjoy it, and I uh, let you know let me know how you're coming along with progress. I'd love to hear how it's coming along for you. Um, but I I still can't I'm, I
1: can't believe that story, Steve. Oh my god." <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely I, I was a much less mature person <laughs> back right. in two thousand one, well, like we most all, of us were. We all were. I mean, I exactly. was yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you know, it was a different time. It was. I had well, I had very few concerns <laughs> back then.
0: Yeah. Um. What are you guys? What you been playing recently, I, other than Horizon Forbidden West, which I haven't gotten to play I, yet, but will be tonight. Anything else?
1: I got back into Pokemon Legends Ar- Arceus. I started playing oh, nice. it again because, you know, while I was playing this game that I know, you know, first world problem, none of you got to enjoy it yet. I was missing out on Pokemon. And mm-hmm. honestly, I really deeply wanted to play that game despite Horizon being as awesome as it is. I also just wanted to to play the game everyone else was playing. And and that is kind of the weird thing that I'll say about being a games journalist or a critic is that there is kind of a sense of solitude to the whole thing because you don't get to ride the hype right. wave with people. Like often, you know, you're you're honestly one of the people creating the wave of hype in a way because you play this game and you're yeah. like, oh man, it was awesome. Can't wait for you all to try it. And then you have to bottle up all your all your takes on the game for like a month while you wait for everyone else to beat the game to where it's okay to right. be like, oh man, did you see that twist in Horizon? You know, but so I was kind of getting that about Pokemon. Like, everyone was like, oh my God, I caught my first Snorlax. And I'm like, damn you. I want to play this so bad. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, the first thing I did when I wrapped the review for Horizon was I started playing Pokemon again. And that game is so good. Like, I love this game yeah. so much, not just for what it is, but for what it could potentially represent down the road for Pokemon.
0: Right, yeah, I, I've been I've been dabbling in it. I haven't had a whole lot of time to play it recently, but I did get to at least the beginning of the second major area. And it's it's a game that I'm both enjoying, but I'm also not feeling like I'm I'm being driven to go back to all the time. Like I'm enjoying it, and I do eventually want to finish it, but it's not like I have to play it every minute that I can. You know, it's, it hasn't quite hooked me like that yet.
2: I played this game through to I've completed the post game last week um, the entirety of the game was was definitely a solid experience I'm happy where Pokemon is finally going and breaking away from the usual convention that we've come to expect you'm everyone's just excited the fact that Pokemon company is doing something that we don't expect them to do which is this whole open world kind of feeling game uh, there's definitely room for improvement there's like a lot of little things that there you can tell they're just experimenting with but a lot a lot of like uh, quality of life changes that the Pokemon games have needed for a long time like how Pokemon can learn all the moves, but you can just swap them out as you need them. I love that. Or, uh, that that's such a, like, like why hasn't yeah, that happened so cool. until now? <laughs> and please do I, yeah. that going forward.
1: <laughs> I feel like they had to get some new blood in a TPCI, or, and Game Freak specifically, mm-hmm. who was just like, why aren't we doing this? Like, this doesn't make sense. And I, I absolutely love that they are taking risks that I think we've all wanted them to take for decades with this franchise. Absolutely. It, it is so... Yeah good to see pokemon grow up a little bit and and kind of look at what modern games do rather than just being like hey we're pokemon we're too big to fail you know right Um, right because I, i think there is a certain sense of like nintendo and tpci just don't want to rock the boat they just want pokemon to keep printing money and i mean it has worked but it has also lost something that made it special along the way so this is yeah i agree daniel i think this is great i love seeing all the little mechanical changes they've made under the hood that just make it feel like a more modern experience which is ironically set in the past Mm -hmm.
2: yeah right (laughs) yeah and Um, uh oh just real quick and also the uh the the breath of the wild dna is really strong in this game as well (laughs) but yeah that's that's absolutely fine you
0: can tell and and one thing i like about it too is that even though it's not technically the best looking game out there, far from oh, it. Yeah. Even far from the best look, te- look best looking Switch game. I love the color palette. Like, yep. yeah, the, mm-hmm. like the, the draw distance isn't great, and yeah, there are a lot of jaggies. It's not a great looking game, but god, that color palette just is so warm and pretty and inviting, and it just makes you want to just walk into the TV and be there and just be in the in that beautiful nature. I just love the color palette they went
2: with. This game players. has an inc- This game has an incredible skybox like of, it does of, right? one of the best skybox i've seen it looks so gorgeous at any time of day i love yeah. it
1: okay i i have um, to just if we're talking about skyboxes i didn't mention this in my review but when you play horizon <laughs> just stand and wait for a night cycle to go through the nighttime yeah. skybox in horizon oh. will blow your mind with how nice it looks like it is i can't wait i just want to live there minus all the dinosaur robots <laughs> <laughs> noted <laughs>
0: you were so right about what you said earlier steve about like the the double-edged sword that can be being a games critic because again you review games and have been a vacuum we've all been there and you just like you have to stay quiet about it and as sad as i was to not be able to review it myself i started thinking about some of the silver linings in that sense and two of my best friends are going to be playing horizon forbidden west and now instead of having to shut up and not talk to them about it and, and play it before them, I can kind of just play it in lockstep with them. And there's something to be said for that. Gee, you know, not, yeah, it's really cool having early access and it hurt to give it up. But at the same time, it's kind of cool just to be able to play it alongside a couple of your best buds. Right. So it's, you know, a little bit of one and a little bit of the other. It goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, one thing I did want to mention to, just to uh, talk a bit about something I've been playing shortly or quickly uh egg 20 xd6 in our live audience patron chats had been playing a ton of infernax thanks to ash's first look and i'm so oh. glad you enjoyed that oh nice. yeah because i've been playing infernax and uh if you haven't seen my first look right here on the channel you should go check that out and see if it's your thing but it is basically a 2d action platformer directly inspired by specific games like castlevania 2 and zelda 2 and it's really good you guys like it's it is. It's it got a kick ass soundtrack too. Great chip tune soundtrack. It is incredibly hyper violent though. So if you're not into violent video games, maybe you don't know? play it.
1: I was but I was surprised. So I watched just the opening of your first look before I played it at all. Uh, mm-hmm. and I was expecting it to be way more violent. Like I was I was kind of surprised that it that Did it you gave get so many to content the first warnings. Scene? Well, did you get to the first choice cutscene where you yes. can kill the guy? Or okay, so I did. You saw and what I, happened. I, and and the guy. For lack of a better term, I beat his meat until I thought I'd maybe get a trophy <laughs> if I kept doing it, and then nothing happened. Uh-huh. I was really disappointed. Okay. But I saw that, and so I was like, you, "Y'all never played Splatterhouse, did you?" <laughs> like, okay, so you tried to save him, right? And he turned into the big monster. Yeah.
0: Okay. Have you, Have you seen what happens when you when you don't save him? When you just when you just kill him? No, I have not. Okay, Lord. there's an incredibly okay. graphic scene where um, you're I'm just going to ask this, though. Yeah.
1: Is it worse? Ha- ha- First off, I have to ask, have you played Splatterhouse? That is a really important qualifier. No,
0: I have. Okay. So I-, I wouldn't you- say it's worse than Splatterhouse, but I... I do think it's a kind of thing where if, if you're someone who has a weak stomach for violence and gore and video I games, think, I do think it's a kind I, of, I game guess I could
1: see that. Scary. Like I, I was weaned yeah. on horror games or, or as on horror sure. movies as a kid, you know, I grew up in the eighties, like when Freddy Krueger and, and Jason were hot. So I saw all of those when I was like seven, <laughs> but uh, right. you know, so I'm like, eh, this isn't too bad. Uh, but sweater house literally in one moment has you chainsawing demon babies. And I was like, I remember as a kid being like, "That's a little gross," yeah. but that's kind of my bar. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: No, that you, makes sense, and I mean, for us, you know, I'm I'm desensitized to, to violence in video games. So are you, Steve? Yeah. I, mean, I think that, but I just for someone like, for example, Amy, you know, like Derek's partner, oh, yeah, Amy, yeah. who really abhors violent games, it's too much. I, like I just I don't say, think that, that would be. Yeah,
1: yeah, I would say that this, if like Mortal Kombat, which is kind of like the well-known you know, watermark for violence in games. I would say that Mortal Kombat does it like with a comedic spin to it. Like they try to be funny yeah. about the violence in, in Mortal Kombat at this point. Uh, whereas Infernax oh does not try to inject humor into itself at all. It, it It is very much like a, just a I I say a very timid, gory game, but I think for some folks, depending on your, on your level of comfort, then yeah, it could be considered to be, utterly terrifying because there is a lot of like blood and, and guts and sinew being thrown around, but it's all like, yeah, you know, it's not super realistic. It's all pixel art and yeah, but I do like the game mechanically. T- very fun. I just
0: posted an image of what happens in our crew channel. So oh man, hold I on. Mean. I got to oh, see this. Yeah. If we're, if yeah, we're talking I mean, about I was, this, I got to take
1: a look because
0: it's, it's low res unfortunately, <laughs> but it's, it gives you the, it gives you a pretty good idea. Of what all I'm right.
1: Alright, yeah. So like his his face is getting crushed essentially. Yeah, yeah. So I've, you know it's a it's a bit much for someone maybe who isn't into vinyl games. Oh wow, the Steam page uh has has video of that exchange.
0: Oh, yeah. perfect. There I chose
1: go. the heroic option to just help, and I figured it would end with me yeah. killing him anyway, based on how the game was, and I was right. Yeah, <laughs> But uh, um, for those of you wondering, game, I'm talking about the old like TurboGrafx-16 and arcade Splatterhouse games. I thought the 360 one was kind of weak. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, agreed. I well, I never played the three sixty one, one, but I saw like footage of it and it didn't seem like it was great. My, my brother
1: picked it up when we were uh, living together at that time and I, I watched him play it and I was like, it, it it just yeah. doesn't have the same feel to it. Right, right.
0: Um, the only other thing I'll mention here in terms of my gaming life recently is that I uh, got a really pleasant surprise last week, I should say, at this point. Uh, we had late uh, holiday gift exchange with my parents. We didn't get to see them over the holidays because of COVID, uh, but we had our late gift exchange, and my wife and my parents conspired to get me an Xbox Series X. One so I got a Series X! Hell yeah! And, I'm, and I've uh, been using uh, Becca's, our, our comedian member Becca's Series S for a while, and I'm going to send that back to her, of course, but... Uh, I've got a Series X, and you know it's, I've, been, I pl- I've been playing uh, Sonic Generations at 60 FPS. Okay, it's a dream. John. It's a dream. <laughs> it's so good. It's, just playing Gen- Generations at 60 FPS is such a dream, and it just reminds me of how much I love that game. And it, it, it is as good, indeed as good as I thought it was 10 years ago. I can't believe how good it still looks. It's aged incredibly well. Um, but we Very have been nice. talking about the games we've been playing for quite a while, and we do have some news to talk about. But before that, we have uh, another sponsor, Straightlace, uh, who's going to play an ad for you right now. You want to bring that up, Steve? Welcome to my channel. My name is Straightlace,
2: and I make content. And sometimes I've got Monster Hunter. As they say in England...
1: Ow! I've got Pokemon. I'm gonna do something really stupid. I've got game design analysis. Fast and unthought-out decisions can have some nasty consequences down the line. And I've also got Dungeons and Dragons.
2: I like how half the party (laughs) is cultured and they're like, it's just food, and the other half is, what is this magic? So feel free to stop by, say
1: hi, learn a little, and laugh a little. Alright,
0: we're back. And we're back. Thank you for that straight lace, and thank you so much for you know supporting everything we do here, supporting GVG Cast, and being a sponsor. We love you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's talk about some news. Uh, of course, news isn't the focus of GVG Cast like it was our previous show. Today's news tonight, but we do still want to talk about some of our you know some of the biggest stories from the past week, some of the stuff that uh, is most interesting to us and people are chatting about. Which, of course, one of the biggest ones, aside from today being Horizon Forbidden West's launch day. Uh, there's been a lot of chatter about Nintendo coming out and saying that they're going to be closing the uh, 3DS and Wii U eShops uh, next March, sometime in late March 2023. And there's been a lot of chatter about that, uh, a lot of, you know, anger about game preservation and accessing your purchases. And it's it's a complicated topic. So I wanted to go ahead and lead with that. Um, how, are you, how are you guys feeling about, about this in general? Because I see it from two... Perspectives: On one hand, preserving games is super important. And also having access to your purchases is super important. On the other hand, I also see it from the business angle where it's not... It doesn't necessarily make sense to expect Nintendo to keep these servers running forever. Just yeah, from a business but, perspective.
1: So how are you feeling about it, Steve? To quote our good friend Jack Garland... Bullshit. This is... Nice. Like... You know, I, I understand Nintendo and, and companies like to make you feel sorry for them. They like to make mm. you feel like, oh, God, this is such a Herculean task for us to keep this eShop open. One, I mean, we're, we're only a couple years out, you know, from, from the end of the life of these consoles. And uh, right. two... If this was like us, like if GVG was running an e shop, I would understand us needing to close it, you know, to make sure. room for a new one. This is Nintendo we're talking about. These guys make billions, you know they they count yeah. the, yeah they're they're not hurting for cash. This is not like such a huge expenditure that their accountant is like, guys, we got to shut down this e shop. It's going to put us under. Oh my God, what are we going to do? Like, no, this Nintendo's like sure. we can cover the cost of this by selling a hundred thousand switches, which they're doing every every couple weeks, it feels right. like. So right. uh, you know, I just don't and and the thing is as somebody who works in IT, uh, you know, who has a lot of experience with the cost of running servers and operating servers, while I've never built anything to the scale of what Nintendo does with the eShop, I can also say that if somebody gave me, you know, if I was if I was part of Nintendo's IT department, like the you know, the This would not be a huge expense of either person hours or of money because you can, shut. you know, unless Nintendo is doing this completely backwards, which it is Nintendo, there's absolutely that possibility. uh, These should be like virtual servers that live on someone else's services like Amazon or Google or Apple or someone else is probably hosting the eShop outside of Nintendo. Like, it's not like the eShop exists in a building in Kyoto. You know, like Mm -hmm. uh, Nintendo probably hosts this like every other company does on a virtual cloud provider somewhere else. Um, Right. And so it's really just the line item of the monthly, like, hey, let's keep this running and let's make sure people can't hack it. You know, those are the two things that they really have to keep doing on on an eShop that is essentially deprecated. And the other thing that I bring up every time this comes up, Nintendo's not shutting down the servers. They are shutting down the ability to purchase. Because if you can re-download, that means the servers are still up. (laughs) They're just turning off the ability for you to give them money for shit that you still might want. And that is where I have a major problem. Like, if you told me, hey, we're taking down the servers completely and you can't re-download, at least from, like, the IT person side of my brain, I'd be like, well, that makes sense. They're literally shutting it down. But they're not. Like, they're just modifying it so you can't buy stuff anymore. And, again... I would much rather, if, if it's the result of like third party agreements expiring, like, hey, we only said that we would sell our games on the Wii U for five years and, and we want out. Cool. Delist those and, and come yeah, out and say, say, hey, Bandai Namco doesn't want to sell their games on here anymore, but we'll still sell you all our virtual console stuff. I'd be happy with that. I would accept it. Yeah. I would then shift the blame to those folks. And maybe if I had to guess, Nintendo given the fact that they have not always enjoyed the best of relationships with third parties, that this might be part of what it really is, is, hey, you know, a lot of third parties don't give a shit about the Wii U anymore, and they want to pull their stuff because Nintendo is maybe charging them to have it there in the first place. And they might say, well, we're not going to sell anything, so screw you, we're out. But they don't want to burn a bridge with them by saying, hey konami said they don't want their games on the on the wii u e-shop anymore go (laughs) yell at konami they'd rather just shut down sales because they're probably not seeing enough from it but yeah yeah, i just don't have any compassion for nintendo here i think they are screwing over their fans and i i feel like i agree you know if if they said hey we're porting over five or six of the best wii u games that we haven't done and we're bringing the virtual console like you want to buy these roms you can buy them on switch Hell, close the whole thing down. I wouldn't care. But there's, you know, John did a wonderful video on just how much stuff is getting stranded there. And, right. and I got to admit, like, I don't usually watch videos and get heated after watching them. But I saw John's video. I was like, that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> like, I want yeah, that. And it's, for, it's, it's for, just for no reason. discernible benefit, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's for no discernible benefit. And I do want to get your thoughts, too, Dana. But really quick, I do want to clarify from for McSponk in our YouTube chat, saying at least let us access our purchases. You will still, as Steve kind of mentioned already, you still will be able to access anything you've already bought past the March 2023 deadline. How far beyond that, we don't know. But you will be able to access any games and DLC you've bought, as well as continue to play online with the 3DS and Wii U until some undetermined point in the future. But there is going to be a point at which that access expires too, and that's completely messed up. I wanted to kind of play devil's advocate to introduce this new story to get your thoughts, but Steve, I'm I'm in lockstep with you. I I think it would be different if they were completely shutting down the servers, and that would be a different problem. But they're right. not. And so they're blocking access to these games for no discernible benefit. And it's just it's ridiculous. But Daniel, we've been talking. I want to get your thoughts on this, too, man.
2: Oh well, yeah, for sure. Like these shops have been like, like for the WeShop channel and the eShop channel, they have about a, a lifespan of about 12 years or so. And so looking in the future, like, how long will until something like this would happen to the Switch as well? Because eventually these shop channels, like, they're going to discontinue services. And there's a lot of stuff on the Switch. But aside from the Switch, yeah, uh, there's so much content on these shop channels that we're just not going to have access to at all anymore. We've already seen it happen with the Wii Wii Shop channel. There's a lot of titles, original eShop titles that only... Happened there, and we have no longer have any access to, and and that's going to be the same thing with the 3DS and the Wii U. And like, there's entire games that are on there. Like, um, I just pulled off my um, uh, Fire Emblem Fates, like, the whole third path revelations is not going to be available anymore unless you have the uh, special edition that was physical cartridge that had all three of them on the same cartridge. If you don't have that, then you're not going to have access to an entire game, an entire side of the story that's like a one third of the whole. The whole shebang. And then uh, just just so much DLC content that you're not going to be able to have access to. And so people are starting to to uh, justifiably get on the shop channel and start buying these things because it's not going to be available for for much longer. And uh, it it seems like another tactic to get people to buy things like last-minute, last-ditch effort before... Uh, It closes entirely side
1: that John kind of hammered home and that I didn't even think about in his video was that this is going to have a huge impact on the price of physical versions of some of these games as well. Yeah. Once physical becomes the only avenue for some of these titles, those prices are going to skyrocket and we're going to start seeing Wii U games go for hundreds of dollars because there's no alternative way to get them. Yeah. yeah, and and there's games that are stuck like Pushmo, you know, which is just on the eShop. So, I don't know. I mean, right. somebody said that me saying Nintendo is screwing over fans was a bit much, but I I respectfully disagree. I think that if you're a fan that has a Wii U, you know, I know people that still play Xbox 360 and and that is yeah. their primary console of choice. So, you know, those of us here that have Switches, you know, like we're eating well, you know, but who knows? five, ten years from now, like Daniel said, who knows that our Switchy shop won't get shut down and we will be yeah. scrambling again to build libraries on, you know, assuming Nintendo moves away. But I do agree that I think Nintendo is is possibly learning. And, and I think that with the success of the Switch, the last thing they want to do is tell people, hey, remember all those cool games you got? Buy them again. Like, they... They have to know they have a limited number of those that they can pull and they've pulled quite a few of them um yeah and i think with how incredibly the uh switch has been performing like that user base being as big as it is and then telling people like hey guess what <laughs> you know we're, we're abandoning all of this and starting over that is just bad business
0: right yeah, I, I completely agree, and I don't, you know, I, it, it, it's a bit much, I think, for us to expect Nintendo to have a, whole, a wholesome solution to this, because they've never really been concerned about things like that, right. preservation especially. They've never been concerned about that, and they've never, you know, they're still way behind the times when it comes to a lot of their, not even a lot, all of their online offerings and services and such, so... It's not surprising that they're doing this and that they're not concerned more concerned about preservation and such, but it is definitely disappointing. And uh, I I, I yeah. wish things were going in a different direction with it. But um, speaking of 3DS and Wii U, on a slightly lighter note, uh, as kind of part of this, uh, Nintendo launched a website, uh, mynintendo3dswiiumemories.nintendo.com, <laughs> <dot> <laughs> where you can actually, like... You I mean, if you log in with your Nintendo ID or whatever, you can this... find, like, your total playtime. Your...
1: Go ahead, Steve. This was so cool, but so depressing yeah. for me.
2: Why is <laughs> like, that? Well, oh, because I'm thinking great.
1: fondly about all the games I played on Wii U and all the games mm-hmm. I played. I, I thought myself someone who played quite a lot of those consoles. And Nintendo was uh-huh. like, not a chance. They were like, you did nothing. You watched Netflix, like, a lot on this. Thing. I was shocked. <laughs> And, Same and and here. The worst part is my most fine, no. used app was Netflix, and I had only logged like seventy hours of Netflix on the thing. Like I barely used my Wii U, and I didn't realize it. <laughs> right.
0: Amazingly, my top game was not Smash 3DS. That's my my number two most played game, which at two hundred and three hours. But but looking back in context, I'm not surprised that my number one most played game was the Street Pass Me Plaza. I have talked a lot before about how much I miss Street Pass. I loved Street game. Pass I love Street Pass and spent so much time with all those games and I miss it so it just brings it brings all those memories flooding back for me 272 hours spent in the street Pass me Plaza which I just can't believe that's oh uh, that's amazing
2: I gotta, I gotta find what about you no Daniel? I got my oh, okay. numbers right here. Oh, good lord! Yeah, I was, I was so surprised. My number two for Wii U was Netflix of, of all things. Yeah, really. But, Both not, of you watching not,
0: Netflix on your
2: 3DS. This is my family watching it. I didn't even get to. I don't even oh, get okay. to claim ownership of these hours. It was just other people watching it for me. Uh, <laughs> number number one was Smash Four, for Wii U okay. and, and on there. But oh lord, my my 3DS numbers. Um, my, my top two games are only, like, three hours apart. Number two is Animal Crossing New Leaf. Number one is Fire Emblem Fates because it all came in one package. And I made the mistake oh. of playing the entire series, Birthright, Conquest, and then Revelations back to back. And I spent, like, 353 hours with it for some reason. Right. <laughs> Number three is Fire Emblem Awakening. So it gives you a hint of what kind of person I nice. am just looking at all this stuff I have here. But yeah, yeah, uh, it's just funny and also just a kind of a kick in the, in, in, in the teeth for remember all these games that you're not going to be able to play soon? Here, here's your stats. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, th- this is interesting. I'm kind of having a, a little bit of shell shock like you, Steve, for my Wii U numbers, because my number two and three, I wouldn't have expected this, my number two and three most played games on Wii U were Hulu and YouTube somehow. I would not have expected that. <laughs> I'm telling Thankfully, you. Thankfully, number one is, is Smash Smash Wii U. Of course, it is. It's 723 hours. That's not surprising. It's Smash. But the others aren't even games,
1: and that kind of surprises and
2: me. It shows what we, we prioritized for the Wii U back when it was yeah. the I hot mean, my... system. <laughs>
1: I, I will give myself credit. On the 3DS, my top played game is Animal Crossing. My second top played game, which bears out things I've said over the years, is Fantasy Life. And then, oddly, my third oh, top oh, played right. game is Pokemon Y, which I wouldn't have expected. But Fantasy uh, Life that brings oh, me nice. back
0: because that that review did uh, always did such weirdly amazing numbers uh, back on Game Explain. I, I reviewed that that game, and it got like. I don't even know what it's up to now, but like I think it was up to seven hundred thousand or something last time I, I checked, and it's fantasy life. Like it's not as though oh, it was
1: because it's such a big good deal game, game, though.
0: Yeah, you know, it was. It's just surprising <laughs> that it got that many views for a game that isn't like a big tentpole release, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, oh. On on Wii really? U, I ended up I had to look at it again because I couldn't remember. But the sad thing is, and I want to point this out, I only ever played five hundred hours in the entirety of the time that I had my Wii U. Which is mm. comparatively very little because I've played more than that in like single games on my Switch. But You're right, uh, my second most played game was Tokyo Mirage Sessions, oh, which nice. such a damn good you. game, and it it it, <laughs> it honestly was kind of a Trojan horse for Fire Emblem for me because I had just finished Awakening and then I played Tokyo Mirage Sessions and I was like, oh, this is this is good stuff, <laughs> and so I uh, it, it definitely Finally. opened my eyes to. Uh, other stuff i ended up playing shin megami tensei because of that i've played a little Mm. bit of persona 5 like it is absolutely a a gateway game and then my third one ironically is smash which i mean i couldn't have guessed that being in my top three (laughs) yeah because you're not like a huge smash guy like
0: i am so that kind of
1: surprises me yeah i I would have thought mario kart 8 would have taken that third spot because i remember lots of late nights playing mario kart right right
2: for sure, um, man. You got me curious to look up my 3DS because then 3DS has like your very detailed stats of your most played games. You got me curious to see what else is on there.
0: Yeah. Well, we have been talking quite a bit about uh, this, you know, the, the, our our wistful memories of 3DS and Wii U, yeah. and that's a bit of a downer. So let's talk about some some <laughs> hype Nintendo news that dropped this week. I say news; it's not you know. Well, we got Majora's Mask hitting uh, NSO n sixty four next week on February twenty yes. fifth, which is exciting. Obviously, that's very cool. But uh, on the more speculative side, uh, Retro retro Studios have changed their Twitter banner to a new image of Samus, which has caused all sorts of Metroid (sighs) Prime 4 speculation and discussion to begin anew. And it is a pretty cool image. Uh, I still don't think we're seeing this game until late 2023, the earliest. It feels like it's still...
1: I will firmly disagree at this point on that. Really? Okay. I, I I don't think we're getting the game, but I feel like... Retro would not have been allowed to do that unless we were, uh, unless a a trailer or something was imminent. Oh, you're right. Sorry. I should say when I said, see, I mean, get it like it come out. I totally
0: agree. We're going to see it in trailer form way sooner than that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. This is totally Totally like, like this is totally the first image you see when they reveal the game of, of the, the silhouette of Sam is coming out. You see her, her very large shoulders as you would see in, in in the prime series. Uh, the, the, we get so excited for these colors because I remember when we first saw Metroid Prime 4, which just blue and black clouds in the number four room. Everyone went crazy, and I'm still going crazy about this. And I'm just like looking at this artwork right here, and I'm just like, what, what could it mean? Where is she? Like the lights look like they could be eyes, if, if you wanted to look at it that way. Like, like you you mm-hmm. could kind of piece things apart, but there's only so much to, to parse from that. And I'm yeah, just surprised we haven't seen any kind of like even a teaser trailer by now. That would have been ex- uh, something. After three years of restarting development, we would probably see expect to see something like that at this point.
0: It feels like it's, it's a little bit mired in development hell, even now, even with the development restart. Because we know for, I think it was like a, a month ago or so, Retro put out a hiring call for two positions on Metroid Prime 4. So it's still got to be very much in the trenches of development, right? and that's why i don't feel like we're going to see it released anytime soon still but certainly yeah, I, think, I think a teaser I, or something i is think
1: coming. we get either a cinematic trailer or first gameplay mm-hmm. footage um mm-hmm. and i think on, in the banner my my take is that this is just a, an updated version of samus's gunship that she's walking off of like onto this new planet wherever prime 4 is going to start um mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll be interested to see because I, I could also like I'm I'm looking at it now, kind of taking the closest look I've ever taken at it because I was like, oh, <laughs> ah. banner Samus, neat, like makes sense given who it's from. Uh, but when I look at it, you know, I could also see the it potentially being eyes, but to me, I kind of get the impression of its downward-facing lights, like to kind of illuminate sure. the path for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you have the kind of weird, like it almost looks like there's a staircase up like in the background behind her and that she's kind of walking on what is clearly not part of like a ship or a technological thing. It just looks like a stone bridge or something, but yeah, I mean there's, you know, and and the picture of Samus almost feels like they just picked an existing image and silhouetted it. You know, like it's, it's, (laughs) it, it, it almost looks out of place with the rest of the image as though somebody like grabbed an existing image, darkened it and then put it into place right there. Um, mm-hmm. but the, then there's the shadow that's very clearly drawn as part of the. I don't know, man. I can't make heads or tails of this. It's <laughs> no, I know. It's an exciting yeah, time that's... just because this is the first of anything we've really seen in in three years, and mm-hmm. I I feel like E3 would be a great place to just show us the game already. Like show let us, us see something. The game.
0: Yeah, I sure. I kind of think though that we're still at least a year out from it releasing. At least I agree. Um. Late 2023, yeah. the earliest made aggressive. to I'm going I'm to revise that and say that that's probably a little bit too much. But I do think that we are at least a year out from its release. But I'm thinking more like mid to late-ish 2023 at this point. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, we'll see eventually when this game materializes what it's all about. I, I, I really hope. don't know where they're going to take the, the Prime story after Prime 3, given that it had a fairly conclusive ending, other than, of course, there was a little bit of teaser at the end. Uh, but otherwise, mm-hmm. it was a fairly conclusive story. So I'm curious to see where they'll take it. Um, in more uh, interesting Nintendo news, uh, and, and something we'll probably unfortunately never see, uh, this is kind of interesting. Mother 3's producer actually came out and said that oh. uh, they would like to see the game get an English release. Uh, Shinichi Kamioka of Brownies uh, told Nintendo Everything that much like Mother 3 fans, he had also loved to see Mother 3 released in the US and Europe. Uh, he added, as a lover of games, I will continue to wait for Mother 3's release, world, uh, release worldwide in English. And I feel like he might be waiting a while. I think yeah. we all might be waiting a yeah. while. And by that, I mean forever. Because it just it feels like it's it, its past. I, I hate to say it, and I really want to see it happen someday. But I just don't think it's going to happen anymore.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I want to say it. Over a year ago, maybe even closer to two, I was I was having a chat with uh Emily Rogers, uh known Nintendo mm-hmm. leaker and uh super super rumor person extraordinaire. What, a real Nintendo insider, let's put it that way. Um, yeah, about Mother Three specifically. Because if uh for those of you that don't remember, Emily had at one point called yep. that uh Mother Three was coming in English, and it was one of her rare misses. Um mm-hmm. and so she and I were talking privately about the what, what happened there? You know, what was going on? And uh, while she said, you know, she couldn't really pin down what had happened internally at NOA that made them shelve the idea, uh, her, her own personal take on it was that there apparently are some lines within Mother 3 that could be read as being uh, homophobic or transphobic and there are. yeah, yeah the, those there are. lines basically basically upon reviewing the translation Nintendo of America likely found those and said well we can either you know we, we've got ourselves an unwinnable scenario here where we either dramatically change some dialogue in the game and then get you know accused of censorship and what have you or we leave it in and we get accused of homophobia and transphobia both of which are things we just don't want to deal with <laughs> for a game That's that exactly probably won't do a was. lot. Uh yeah. you know, so Nintendo, yeah. you know, the the thinking is, and again, this is all positing. This isn't like me, you know, saying Emily Rogers said this is what happened. You know, this is this is just a personal conversation the two of us had where, you know, the this was her opinion at the time. Uh and, and I have to say I agree with it. If I've not dug into Mother Three's script, so I have no idea what these lines are, um, but I mean, if I was Nintendo, yeah. I probably would be like, well, you know, I can piss off one section of fans or piss off another. <laughs> uh, I'll just not piss exactly. off either. Or I'll keep them both united and being pissed about the fact we're not releasing it. <laughs>
0: well, and speaking yeah, of someone they're... who has played the fan translation of Mother 3, there is a whole group of I know exactly what she's talking about and I'm not going to say the name of the group of characters because that name itself is incredibly offensive oh, but God. those of you who played Mother three know what I'm talking about oh, what? and yeah. I need to know. everything surrounding everything surrounding that group of characters is just a lot of hot water that it's a lose-lose situation for Nintendo and I always believe that Emily's prediction was right on, on like right on the spot like I think she was right about it Nintendo was going to release it but then, as you said, Steve, they backed out when they, you know, kind of zeroed in on some of the more problematic aspects and offensive aspects of the, of the script, like the transphobia and such. So and then again, it would be easy enough to come up with a different name for the group of characters I'm talking about. But at the same
1: time, I need to know this going name. in and changing like, the
0: script. I don't I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll type it in. To yeah, chat I, I hate you. to say I just it, have to know for
1: say. the context of it. Like, what is it that's yeah. so bad? Like, because obviously that's, your mind yeah. goes places Young. that are probably way worse. I yeah. just uh,
0: typed you know, it into the, the crew chat for you. I'm not going to say it on stream because I just don't want to. I, but, I
1: understand. Yeah. I understand now. Now you know. Now it's you know why. It, so, it's not as nearly as offensive as I thought it could be. Uh, I will say that. But it, yeah, I could yeah. see it being read as offensive. Right.
2: Yeah. So yeah.
0: unfortunately, I just don't think it's going to happen given all the the hot water surrounding that aspect That's of That's unfortunate. Game. And it is.
2: Yeah, beyond beyond just the name, there's just well, I mean, you already talked about all the aspects of it, but there's a lot of just thematic elements that um, just probably wouldn't put Nintendo in, in a, any good lights. It wouldn't do them any good favors for having that out in a, in a game out in 2022 or beyond. Um, but but yeah, playing the whole fan translation multiple times, it's something that I, you, fans would be very offended also if they change anything from this script they because anything. it's it's such a it's such a hallmark to people
1: i feel like the right move here is to do what warner brothers did a long time ago with some of their older frankly offensive Mm -hmm. cartoons and you know they they will air those on occasion but they always air them now with like a disclaimer right at the front that says hey this is a product of its time you know it it doesn't reflect our Mm -hmm. values now but you know things were different a hundred years ago and then and then they let it run and maybe mother three could have something like that like hey look you know this was made in 06 when stuff was quite different you know socio-political stuff was just not what it is today and uh you know at the time some of this stuff wasn't considered offensive but please be aware that there are things that you may find triggering within the context of this game while we don't agree with it we also don't want to alter the original uh interpretation of the Mm. of the game but i agree that you know honestly is it worth that much conversation is the thing like internally at nintendo there has to be like a projection okay we release mother three it'll make us a million dollars do we really need a million dollars bad enough to deal with whatever comes as a result of it you know exactly they got e-shops to close they need to save money (laughs) yeah (laughs) um Speaking very quickly
0: of another game that we would, I think, all love to see, but we'll probably never get. Uh, Chihiro Fujioka, the director of Super Mario RPG, made waves earlier this week when uh, they expressed interest in an interview with MinMax that they would like to make Super Mario RPG 2. And in fact, he said Uh. that he would like that to be the game that would close out his career. He said, yeah, I would Uh. absolutely love to make one. In my career, I've been involved with a lot of games, and I would really like my final one to be another Mario RPG game if possible. I think Wish. Mario and Luigi is cool, but I would like to go back and create a Mario RPG where you're only controlling Mario. So this guy wants to make Super Mario RPG two. Some let so, someone make it happen. Let this man aquatic. do it. Oh man, I would love what a cool way to close out his career if he actually got to tie you know tie the bow on his career with the game he wants to make, and that game just happens to be
1: Super Mario RPG two, right? I mean. Uh... Yes, but also didn't the Super Mario RPG 2 branding get used for Paper Mario in Japan? It, it, it was its early name. That was the early name of Paper yeah, Mario. Yeah,
2: now was. it's known as Mario Story in Japan. So it doesn't yeah. have that title anymore, but but yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: I I mean, don't get me wrong. Just, yeah. Like I am a super or Super Mario RPG stan. I love that game. Like I absolutely mm. adore it and I would love to see Square and Nintendo do that again like i i would that would i i don't even know how i'd react but i also feel like it would it, it's impossible i feel like it's impossible at this point yeah. this would be one of those things where i would have like a rogers base level reaction to, to <laughs> a mario <laughs> rpg too, 2 because it feels yeah. to me like the like nintendo's shenmue 3 like it's just a franchise that nintendo just yeah. washed their hands of and seems to have no interest in which is deeply unfortunate because I think Paper Mario is cool but it doesn't have that same magic that that the original SNES Super Mario RPG had and I but I think that Nintendo feels it does or that it is a suitable replacement
0: I think it has a different kind of magic but it's not it's not the at mm-hmm. all right standing. and that's what I mean to say it it's
1: like a it's a very it. different yeah. energy to it but I feel like Nintendo yeah. has cherry picked the things they liked about uh, Super Mario RPG and incorporated it into Paper Mario and internally I would bet that they think that that's good enough yeah it just, it's
2: just, it just lacks. a shame. it just lacks that and- uh, that Final Fantasy Square Enix blood inside of it because it just when they went to Super uh, when Super Nintendo games Dropped out to N sixty four. We didn't really have Square titles anymore, and they didn't get introduced to games like that. I wonder what Paper Mario would have been like had it had more of a a Square Enix like like influence onto it. Like if we have something more like an actual proper Mario RPG two. But um, uh, but yeah, I don't think we're getting anything like a Mario part, uh, Mario Mario RPG two in this day and era, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and it w- it would have to be a collaboration with Square Enix as well because. You know, you're not going to want a game like Super Mario RPG 2 and not have characters like Mallow and Geno in it, right? Yep. Like, they, they would have to come back. And uh, th- this this hurts, though. Uh, Fujioka mm. was also asked if he had, had any story ideas in mind for a new Mario RPG, but he wouldn't share any specifics, only stating that is a secret. Uh, and that means we'll never he knows. know. knows. Oh. We'll never know. <laughs> and it hurts. <laughs> it hurts so much. Um, okay, well, we should probably go ahead and move on to our patron topics pretty soon, but I am going to post something. In our live audience patron chat, I just want to point this out. IGN released a brand new Sonic Two movie trailer yesterday, and it's so cool, oh, man! Yeah. I can't wait for this movie. I can't wait, Steve and Daniel. I don't know if you've seen it yet, oh, but I've I just it. posted
1: it in live audience. Yeah. Oh
0: god, I'm so excited! Can't I, I wait. will
1: say that it really sucks that they didn't credit Tails' as voice actor on the post. Right, I agree. They
2: didn't put Colleen and
1: Tika
0: Sumter. They they yeah, Colleen and Tika don't get named on the poster, and I agree that that's kind of weak.
1: Yeah. I, especially because so. I, I initially thought, like, oh, well, it's just one, and then when I realized Tika Sumter wasn't there as well, I was like, you could have had three on each side. I know Daniel knows what I'm talking yeah. about. It's like an equal yeah, number oh, yeah. of credits. But. Yeah. Don't love
0: that. I agree. Uh, but the composition of the, of the poster itself, yes. and Sonic and Knuckles clashing in the bottom over the Master Emerald, it's just tickling all my fanboy whatever, receptors. And I just cannot <laughs> wait for this movie, you guys. And uh, on a on an or as an aside, they did confirm that they're already in production on a Sonic Three movie, as well as a Whoa. Knuckles Paramount Plus series starring Idris Elba. So that should be interesting.
2: And Knuckles, yeah, and Knuckles. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Knuckles. We'll see where thing. that goes. Oh man. Um, okay, so we do have some more super chats that have come in while we've been chatting. So I'm going to run through those really quick, um, or at least a few of them. Let's see. Brian Rivera with $1.99. Thank you very much. Asking, what do you guys think of the Cuphead show? Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch oh, it I yet, but much. I can't wait. I have yeah, company just coming today.
1: over after this to watch that tonight. So I nice. Mean, I'm I will excited let you to watch know it next week. Cool. Ooh, Same, to I'm going to try
0: to watch a few episodes uh, before next week's episode. Yeah. Or GVG cast. Same here. Um, Rodrigo Grande with 50 Argentine pesos. Thank you so much. Saying hi from Argentina. Had you seen the metric prime four banner? Did you notice those blue shades? Those are Ridley's eyes hiding us shadows looking at Samus. I saw him in the eyes.
2: You're not the only one. (laughs) Oh,
0: nice. Yeah. So we talked about this already, but yeah, we, I, we didn't think about the Ridley angle. So that would be really interesting. And thank you. It's always so humbling to know that we have fans all around the world. That's so cool. Thank you, Rodrigo. Uh, Story Smith with $4.99 saying Steve mentions 2001 Q obligation to make people feel old. I was in first grade in 2001. (laughs) There are so many things in gaming that that make me feel old now. I know, right? yeah, that's that's definitely not a subject I wanna I wanna stay on for too long. So thank you, Story Smith. Uh, Recbcq is back with ten dollars, saying I didn't bring this up uh, in episode one since I didn't want to sour the mood, but I had some deaths in my life recently. Aww. My friend and great aunt died within a few weeks of each other. Good vibes, please. Well, Recbcq, we're so sorry for your loss, losses. Uh, genuinely sorry. We love having you in this community, and we're just you know we want nothing but the best for you. So certainly, yeah. good vibes from all of us, and we're really sorry to hear about your losses um let's see sonic and Mega Man 531 with two dollars uh with a with a classic matchup here uh cuphead and mugman versus sans and papyrus you choose sans sans oh, alone
1: wins this. sans would that's Sands. what i've heard i haven't played Undertale. yeah so i'm, I'm gonna yeah i'm just gonna say cuphead and mugman because they're my homies i know them cool
0: <laughs> I, I like cuphead and mugman but sans is so ridiculously op that i feel like he alone would take this he wouldn't even need papyrus to help him so that's, that's where, and you, it sounds like you agree, Daniel.
2: Yeah. Uh, fortunately, Papyrus probably wouldn't accomplish very much compared to his brother, Sans, but <laughs> he can make a, yeah. he can make like a, a puzzle that P- uh, Cuphead and Mugman eventually solve on accident because that's how his that's how Papyrus puzzles work. But <laughs> right. yeah, Sans would just obliterate with just his first move.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, As frequent positron in our patron chat says they're going to have a bad time. Cuphead and Mugman are going to have to have a bad time. Yeah, they would. (laughs) Uh, Hustle Bun. I just have to say Hustle Bun. I love your icon here. Bunny link from a link to the past. It's so great. I love it. Uh, Hustle Bun with $4.99 saying Steve's haircut is fresh. Need your opinions on that bizarre Lonely Island directed Rescue Rangers movie. I found it disturbing, but I need to see it. Oh, oh man this man. is opening a whole can of worms but... i have
1: not seen the trailer i have not seen. oh it. no you, you have to, to see, see i will i will it's... watch it during the post show because i i yeah. have not been able to uh yeah i can't play the audio right now but fair yeah is of a course
2: Fever dream
1: i i can't believe it got greenlit
0: by disney just because it seems very as as brandon said stoner adjacent it's it's like a it's adjacent to a stoner movie and like i'm it. shocked it oh. would do that
2: with
1: chip and dale but you know i might be here for it we'll see what happens to be fair has um i i don't want to spoil anything but has anyone here watched the season finale of peacemaker no first no. off i've never even watched Peacemaker. if you haven't watched peacemaker shame on you you should go watch it uh <laughs> but it has a cameo in there in, in the very last episode that again i'm not going to talk too much about it but if you know you know and it is hilarious like it is it is another case of characters being used in a way that you would not think that the uh dc would allow you to use them Mm -hmm. and so i strongly recommend you check it out all right very cool all right (laughs) i'll I'll keep that
0: in mind uh all right just a couple more before we move on to our patron topics uh howdy folks gaming with four dollars and 99 cents thank you uh saying anytime uh, howdy uh anytime a digital store shuts down it's a sad day for future gamers who might never get to experience older titles stranded on abandoned systems perfectly eloquently yep. stated that couldn't have said it better myself you're right uh homecoming hero with two dollars thank you saying rhythm heaven megamix and rhythm thief are musts yes they are uh, especially since we don't have a new rhythm heaven game yet for switch so yeah buy rhythm heaven Mega Mix before the 3ds eShop shop shuts down and rhythm thief they're both great games. uh and then finally one more for now uh vile pixel with ten dollars saying just a long time lurker from gx love you guys good Aww. vibes well VilePixel, wow. thank you so much for following us for so long uh, from the GX days all the way to here, and we're so happy to have you here in our community. So thank you very much. Okay, guys, we have some patron topics to discuss. Uh, as a reminder, uh, our, our patrons at the producer tier and above get to submit questions and topics for us to discuss every week on the GVG Cast. You can find out more about that at patreon.com slash GVGaming. Uh, each of us picks one topic, and uh Daniel, let's have you go first, man. Let's let's go ahead and talk about your topic first.
2: Oh, me first. Okay. Yeah, Let me pull that up really quick because I... oh, I can I can
0: read it out if you, if you want.
2: Oh, sure. Yeah, I have it in uh, front of me. So oh, here we, we go. go. From cool. Ben Hannigan, my question is, are there any games that came out on a Nintendo handheld that you wish were released on a home console or maybe even vice versa? Um, yes, indeed. Uh, one of the ones I think about all the time is a part of the Mario and Luigi series, uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga and Bowser's Inside Story. They got they got re-releases on the other DS on on uh, the the 3DS, and it, it's such a... a uh, I'm so torn between this because. So there's so many Mario and Luigi games at this point that if you show me a screenshot of like any of them where Mario and Luigi are just running in a field, I wouldn't be able to, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you which one it is because like none of them at this point, they kind of all blend together. Nothing really stands out. If you put one of them like on on a console, you have the fidelity to really um, make the art style look like something special, look like something unique. And so I think that would help make it stand out. And God, I'm still, I can't believe that Bowser's Inside Story had like the most useless, needless like remake (laughs) on the 3DS when you could already play the DS game on the 3DS. It's just, it's just a whole, it's just a whole other thing I could complain about. But, but yeah, that, that's a, Superstar Saga and Bowser's Inside Story. I wish we would get like a, a console release because those are really fantastic games, especially Superstar Saga. Because the original GBA, like that sprite, that artwork, that it looks timeless. It looks perfect as it is. Yeah. They're so expressive and emotive. Um, but yeah, that they did end, at I...
0: least. Sorry, they did at least re-release Superstar Superstar Saga on the Wii U Virtual Console, so that kind of sort of counts, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not what you're talking about. I know
2: yeah yeah for sure um but but i I guess aside from that like a smaller uh, a smaller example would be probably like uh super mario 64 ds if that was done with all these extra bells and whistles on a console Uh that'd be really cool to see and to play it proper with different characters different more stars all that so yeah that's pretty much my my take on that
1: i have to say daniel i am shocked shocked i tell you that you did not take my choice you you might be taking mine now. We'll see, Steve.
0: What's I, I feel
2: like I know which 3ds title Ash is going to say because I didn't want to take yeah. that from him.
0: Oh well, <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate I that. The Steve might. Ash, Fire Emblem no! Awakening.
1: Oh
2: never mind. Okay. okay. I'm good. <laughs> it's a different one. So yeah, I mean, I'm good. Okay. I
1: love that game. I played loads of that game. Apparently, not enough to like crack my top three, but uh, <laughs> I it was. One of my favorite games I played on the three DS. But the thing that always bugged me was that of all the games I ever played on my three DS, I felt like Awakening was the one that would benefit the most from like the increased horsepower of a console. Because I don't know about you guys, but the fact that they didn't have proper feet always really bugged me about that game.
2: They just had stubs. Yeah, they just had these little stubs Uh at the
1: like their (laughs) legs just got cut off. And it drove me insane because I'm so wrapped up to this story and these characters. And especially when you're like trying to do romance options, I'm like, none of these people have feet. I would not marry a single one of them, but (laughs) I loved that game. And and I just wanted Mm -hmm. to see it like in full HD on my big screen. And I wanted to invest loads of hours into it. I I offended Daniel so hard. It killed his camera for a minute, (laughs) but I, (laughs) I just could not get enough of that game and that world and those characters. And I was like, this could be Nintendo's, like, Final Fantasy VII. If it was just on a yeah. big screen and not on a portable.
2: I'm those afraid are, of what yeah. would happen if Awakening wasn't on a, a system seller like the 3DS. Because then that means it would probably have been on something like the Wii U, which wouldn't have saved the franchise at all. It would have oh, yeah. right. well, no, I, I, killed I the franchise. They made right. the but, right yeah.
1: choice, but I just selfishly wanted to see it like i would take a, a an awakening remake on the switch any day like i would play the hell mm-hmm. out of that
2: yeah yeah especially with how beautiful it looks in cutscenes. if they just make the game like that throughout the yep. entire story it would it would definitely have done very well on, on like a, on even today yeah. for a modern console for switch i would love to see something like that for sure but i don't know i i guess i just have a lot of fond memories of it as being a 3ds game sure but but yeah <laughs> right Well, those
0: are both great choices, uh, but but mine, uh, yeah, I I was afraid one of you would take mine, but you didn't. I had a couple of backup (laughs) ideas like Bravely Default and Bravely Second and stuff, but no. My answer to this question is three words. Kid, Icarus, Uprising, baby. It's one of my favorite games of all time, and I think experiencing that game's cinematic quality on the big screen with (laughs) headphones on and just taking in all that splendor, oh, I, I would, would shake be that fantastic. game
1: for a control scheme that doesn't give you arthritis the minute you start playing. <laughs> yeah. Right? They had that to, too. yeah.
2: Give you like, a cradle to try and reduce I know, the arthritis. That speaks yeah. volumes
1: <laughs> to how much Nintendo loves Masahiro Sakurai. They're like, all right, design us uh-huh. a game. And he's like, listen, just hear me out. You need to yeah. package a special stand with this because you can't control it any other way. And they're like, fuck it, ship it, fine. <laughs> like yeah. Anyone else, they would have been like, fix the controls like (laughs) there's no need for this (laughs) and they're like "Eh, it's sakurai it's fine people will buy it and and people did i own it but i remember playing it and as a left-handed person i felt like it was somebody just cursed my bones i was like i was like i feel like my hand is literally about to snap and fall off
0: i'm a fellow i'm a fellow lefty and i just ended
1: up playing with button controls only not the best way to play
0: but it was certainly less painful than trying to use the stylus as, as a left-handed person but that speaks to how unbelievably fantastic the game is that i love it as much as i do and it's as popular as it is despite those controls because it really is such a singular special game and it just it deserves that big screen experience with better controls giving dual stick controls god i wish it could happen i don't think it ever will but that's my answer and uh, i'll to take the opportunity to read this super chat out of order Mighty Invincible came in with $4.99 saying, somebody better say Kid Icarus Uprising or I'm going to have a problem. Well, there you go. Yeah. Thank you for your donation, and I'm glad we were able to uh, come through for you.
1: Yeah, uh, and you I, know, I do, do want to read one comment out of our, our YouTube chat Please. real quick. Uh, DittoM says they didn't tell Miyamoto to fix Star Fox Zero's controls, and I do have a <laughs> Steve story for that. <laughs> Uh-oh. So oh. uh, back at E3, what, what, what was it, Ash? Probably 2016? Yeah, I believe so. They they were doing demos for media and, and everybody of Star Fox Zero. And uh, they let me play it. And I I had a time with the demo. I, I played it. I, I had trouble, especially on the E3 show floor where every game is harder to play. Uh, I just could not wrap my head around Star Fox Zero. And I was very blunt. Like the person that was proctoring the demo, if you will, came up to me and they said, what do you think of the game? And I was like, it sucks. Like I didn't hold back. I was like, it's a bad game. And they're like, really? And I was like, come on, you (laughs) have to know, you have to know this is not a good game. And they were like, and they're like, no, we've heard nothing but good things. I was like, not anymore. You haven't, you can say you've heard some bad things. I was like, I do not like this. I was like the control. And they're like, well, what don't you like about it? And of course they didn't actually care, but I was just like, I have to do this. I have to look down and up and down and up. I was like, I know you probably want me to hold it like this, but then your arms get tired. I was like, this game is like a proof of concept that the gamepad can do something, but it's not a good one. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's objectively not a good one. Right. That was and the it, same demo where they had us sit in the wing, right? Uh,
0: Yeah. And play it in the wing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that.
1: Yep. And either way, yeah. the only thing I wanted out of that demo was the really cool Star Fox pin that they were giving people. And they didn't give cool. me one, probably because no. I said the game sucked. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. so someone indirectly either. told yeah. Miyamoto the controls were not good. <laughs>
0: but it, it, <laughs> I wasn't quite as pointed in my criticism, but I do recall saying uh, that I felt the controls were unwieldy and that I didn't like having to look back and forth between the gamepad and the TV. And they're like, oh, don't worry. It's like something like, you know, PR, safe PR, like, oh, you get used to it. It's really immersive. And I'm like, yeah, oh, OK, sure whatever. Yeah, sure. Sure. I do. Sure. I do. Yeah. Let, me, let me know in yeah. six
1: months, how those sales work out for you. Right. Right. Oh man. <laughs> Got a hundred um, seller well, on your hands.
0: Uh, Steve, you also have a patron topic that you picked up this week. You want to go ahead and uh, talk about it?
1: Yes. Uh, my patron topic comes from our good friend and uh long time executive producer, Titus Malvolio. Uh, he says, I'm in talks with a buddy of mine to potentially start our own podcast. And I was wondering if you guys had any tips or advice you can think of on how to get started. Also, what do you personally think makes a great podcast that you'd want to listen to in your everyday life? Uh, and that is an, thank you so much, by the way, for the, for the suggestion, I thought it was interesting considering we're on episode two of a new podcast, Uh, so clearly (laughs) we have the experience to back this up, but, um, So I think the, the first thing is don't feel like you have to have it all figured out when you start, you, you definitely don't have to like get out there and just start making something and let people tell you what they want. Uh, you know, like we, we clearly, if you, if you're a patron at GVG, you know, that we kind of throw things out to our audience behind the scenes quite often and let you guys know what we're thinking of doing. And then we incorporate suggestions that we feel would, would help out, uh, and and adjust as things go on. But the biggest hurdle to get over is just making your first episode, uh, because you can you'll yeah. the longer you talk about it, the less likely you are to do it. And the thing that you need to remember is your first episode doesn't need to be perfect, doesn't even need to be good. <laughs> like just you will find a groove that works for you, and an audience will come to you as long as you know you do have to do the obvious steps of promoting it, letting people know it exists. But Folks will will come to you and tell you what they'd like to see from you, and you know you can you can work that in. But don't don't let yourself get too caught up on the planning. Just get out there, make it happen. Like go back if you can, and look at the very first episode of TNT. It looks terrible compared to what we do now. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we have we have advanced by leaps and bounds since then. So yeah, just. Started out, we didn't have a live audience chat. We didn't have an animated background. We didn't have a Daniel when we started, and so <laughs> right. you know things things grow and improve. But you got to start somewhere, and don't be afraid to let that start. Just be what you're capable of in that moment. Uh, you know, I yeah. remember planning a podcast before I met Ash, before I was part of Game Explain, uh, with just my friend Nick, who has now appeared on several of our streams. And I got so caught up in over-engineering the design of it that it just never happened. I, I commissioned oh, yeah. art and I bought microphones and I, I thought about how we were going to, you know, what we were going to do. when we got a hundred subscribers and, I, and then we got none because i never started because I got too in my head about all the details. I needed it to be perfect. So uh, I've mm-hmm. learned a lot from that and I hope that that is helpful advice to you, but thanks so much for the uh, question.
0: Yeah, that's great advice, man. I mean, yeah, just do it. Instead of just talking about doing it, do it, because I completely co-signed on everything Steve said. And yeah, just don't bite off more than you can chew, because that that also is a barrier to getting started. So um, yeah, yeah, I mean, Steve already said pretty much everything I would have said. I actually uh, used to have an old podcast, I think before the game, was it before the Game Explained days? I think, yeah, uh, with a good buddy of mine, uh, called <laughs> we called it To Live in Game in LA, because we it's amazing yeah i can't believe it's bringing me back but um the what we just got we did it we had the idea and he came over and we just did it and i think we did about i don't know maybe i don't know how many episodes but quite a few and uh but it took us a while to get to that point where we just did it and so i think that's the part of steve's advice that i want to highlight the most is just do it and figure out the details later but once you've done it it becomes easier to keep doing it go ahead daniel
2: I think if um, if you and your buddy have really good natural chemistry and uh, it comes across as what you're talking about and, and, and it, people can feel that from what you're if you're passionate about what you're talking about on the podcast, people will naturally be drawn more to it and they'll be more invested in what you're talking about. Uh, I haven't done this for as long as these guys here, but just, you know, me doing things like Good Vibes Arcade with Brandon, like we drive we with each other very well. And it's a lot more natural to make a show like that and to hopefully make it interesting. Um, if, it was, if it was me by myself, I don't know how long I'd last out there. But <laughs> but for sure, um, having people that you blend well with that you know and and um, that you feel like you can definitely have a good conversation with that helps uh, get you off to the a, a pretty good start, I think. And people will, will kind of guide you from there, like what they want to see from you guys um, with your, your unique personalities. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. A lot of my favorite things that I like to watch, it, it, I like it because of the camaraderie between the people doing it. Like I love watching Easy Allies, for example, because mm-hmm. and, and kind of funny games and such, because of you can feel the love and the energy and the friendship between all of them on, on those crews. And so I would say just make sure that whichever friend you're doing it with, you feel like you have that really strong rapport, that strong camaraderie, because that's what pulls, I think, a lot of people into podcasts, certainly myself. Um, okay. Time for my topic, uh, and this one comes from Killamox. And now I, I'm not, this is a video game music topic, but I want to make it clear that doesn't mean I'm an easy mark every time for a video game music topic. i wanted to pick this one specifically <laughs> because I love character themes, but I'm not always going to pick a music-related topic. But this week, I picked Killamox's topic, uh, asking favorite theme associated with a character, such as Tifa's theme from FF7, Zero's theme from, from the Mega Man X series, or even boss themes used for a character. Um, and I have, you know, a few answers I could say for this, you know, like Sid's theme from FF7, one of my favorites, Terra's theme from FF6, Sora's theme from Kingdom Hearts, but my very favorite is actually, um, something you kind of mentioned in your, in your own question, uh, from the Mega Man X series, but it's not Zero's theme, it's X's theme from X4, uh, which you can hear in the Sky Lagoon stage, the opening stage, uh, for X, that to me is just perfectly exemplary of his character, who he is, what he's all about, it's just a great hero theme, and you hear it used in Leitmotif throughout the rest of the game, uh, in some of the cutscenes and such. But um, yeah, I just I love character themes and and my favorite one ever is probably X's theme from Mega Man X four. But uh, you know, I could talk forever about <laughs> video game music and character themes, but what about a few what about you guys? you have a few in mind?
2: Um Here's one that might throw you for a loop. Uh, one of the, my favorite themes associated with a character would probably be Gruntilda's theme from Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, that's a great one. It's just so infused with the entire journey of Banjo-Kazooie. Um, she's such a great villain in that way, just taunting you all the way, all the way up there. And, and you hear so many variations of this theme all the way leading up to it. I don't know in very many games where, like, I, I think of the villain's theme more than the actual main theme of the game. Um, Cause it's just it's just something you it you it carries you all the way throughout the game literally, and um, yeah yeah it it carries this like <laughs> this such a it's a, it's so goofy but when you finally get to the the final battle and you hear that theme and like you hear like the it's full so good. it's so like thematic it's like the full force of the theme and it just kind of culminates in everything that you've learned throughout the journey and oh it's it's just so good, and um, I guess besides that uh probably frog's theme from chrono trigger it's just so oh, it's, yeah it, it's so triumphant and noble like whenever yeah. it plays i start to feel good just listening to it yeah that's i love right. that theme so much i, Magus I, the theme. I, yeah.
1: I love so you good. daniel yeah. for picking frog's theme because that was one of my two choices uh, that is <laughs> nice. such a damn good song but the other one is cool. also from chrono trigger and it's robo's theme Oh, right so, Robo's good. Good is so damn good and i can i always think like i love robo the character like he's one of my favorite characters just this oh, noble little robot but <laughs> the other like it, it it appeals to both sides of my soul the duality of man if you will because on one hand it is just an <laughs> excellent song for an excellent character in an excellent game on the other hand though it is also basically rickroll like, <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> I love how you can play it over and like it matches up perfectly. Perfect. It's hilarious. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I love I it love for, for both of those reasons. But uh, right? yeah, that that is probably my favorite. Like Frog's theme and Robo's theme are, are essentially a tie for me in my head of like the two best character themes of all time. I just mm-hmm. and, oh, and Daniel great. nailed it with why I like Frog's theme. Like it is it is just kind of this upbeat, triumphant song. Like it speaks to the nobility and heroism of of frog as a character i yeah. think uh glenn yeah.
0: right? glenn
2: yeah
1: real name yeah
0: oh yeah. god dude, that, that's such a good one and uh yeah i was like as i mentioned before magus's theme i still remember the first time i heard that when you fight magus and i was just like this is so good though no, i mean
1: here is
0: just a litany of amazing music uh it's also got some great suggestions in, in chat here crimson king Twelve Thousand says theme of simon belmont from super castlevania 4 that one's great uh, uh Elena's theme from Street Fighter 3 beats in my head that's that one's also good um yeah i mean there's so many and daniel i'm glad you brought up gruntilda because as i mentioned the use of leitmotif is one of my favorite things in video game music and i like when you hear that theme or a theme that you've heard throughout the game be used in a different way, in in an epic context, and it just brings it all together. Uh, One of my favorite examples of that is how you can hear Sora's theme woven into the battle themes uh, for Vanitas in Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. And if you know the connection between those characters, it just makes it that much more epic, and that's something that video game music does so well. And uh, anyway, I'm not going to nerd about this forever because we do have to go ahead and get to our Patreon-exclusive post-show but uh, thank you everyone for submitting topics. Once again, uh, I apologize that we can't get to everyone's, but we are doing our best to make sure we pick different people every week to make sure nobody feels left out. So keep submitting those topics each week. Uh, We see you and we love you. And uh, thank you for being understanding that we can't pick everyone. So thank you. That brings us to the end of episode two of the GVG cast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, everybody. That was a lot of fun. This show is super fun to do in a completely different way from uh, today's news tonight. So this is great. We love you all. And uh, thank you for hanging out in our YouTube audience as well. And actually, that reminds me, we do have a couple of more Super Chats that I should read out before we're done. Uh, one second. I'm just pulling, pulling those up out right now. Um, mm, I already read out Mighty Invincibles. One uh, with two Canadian dollars, thank you so much, saying Top Dog beat Metroid Dread. Top Dog, hey, our beloved hey. community member, beat Metroid Dread. Congratulations. That's so cool. Awesome. That's not an easy game either. It's so,
2: nice.
0: yeah, props to you, Top Dog, for beating Metroid Dread. Not an easy game to conquer. Uh, Luis Benitez with $5. Uh, no message, just a donation. Thank you, Luis. Thank you very much. Uh, Titus Malvolio with $10, saying, Thanks, guys. Really appreciate you choosing my topic here. Well, it was our pleasure. Thank you for being a patron and submitting your topic. We really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, last Super Chat of the episode, Nintendo Academy. I love your icon, by the way, with $10, with just a smiley face, a big toothy grin. So thank you for that, Nintendo (laughs) Academy. Uh, We really appreciate that. And that now brings us to the true end of episode 2 of the GVG cast. Thank you all so much for watching. Uh, as always, we do have to give a special thank you to all of our produ- all of our patrons at the producer tier and above for helping to make everything we do happen because without you we couldn't do what we do with all of you. So thank you so much. But we also have to give an extra special thank you to all of our patrons at the executive producer tier and above and those fine wonderful amazing stupendous folks include Brandon Bovia, Rob Arman X, Fangs, Stan and Twistle, Z Patty, Hyrule Hermit, Sky Blue Flames, Eastman 23, Adam O'Sullivan, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, Logan Daniel, The D Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, j 373, Critter XD, Kitty Kong Fax, Angel Martinez, Bedron Hiltik, Diogo RP, Joshua Hunter, Benny Yao, Sapphire, Azran 127, Black King, Hagrima, Geller, Joseph Rutkin, Titus Malvolio, Geeky Griffin, Lucky Wonderfish, Kyle, Top dog Young Youngbin Kenobi, Doug Shomix, Andrew Medeiros, Becca, Rocks the Cat, Killamox, Eddie B. Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, Kenneth Lee Stingle, Jessica Toad, Deaneth, Sci-Fi Lullabies, Michael McCaw, Niminator, Matthew Wong, Goron Amber, Straight Lace, Justin Matthews, Hooby, Too Much Spaghetti, Mega Conrad, Ascaron809, Ryaner, Captain Finlandia, Nathan Steele, Spicy Panned Otter, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Super Gamer Dude 101, Grantles, Ravelox, Synchro Lord, Rosa Pardo Bowling. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Kane Wooly, Skull Kid Tiger, H.A.B. Cool, Dark Steel01, Jason Uloa, Jaden Buck, Phantom Project, Cystic Warrior 29, DJ Jurassic, Super Dank Awesome Unicorn Guy, Dinner Sonic, Darik, Jeff Ed, Blaze 25, Stagnasty, Mumbling Yeti, Cameron Sharp, Scream O'Shaman, Mason Riley, Heel, Willow Pingree, Santi the Person, Brendan Hesse, Hustle Bun, Noah Fitterer, Kelvin Atkinson, Ryan's Fault, Brainchild, Pat Pending, Jim Wakelin, Lauren Bond, and last but certainly not least Sridhar Ayala. Thank you so much everybody. That list just keeps on getting bigger and I love reading it out every week. Thank you all so much. If you want to find out more about how you can get on that list as well as as well as experience all the other perks we offer to our patrons, head on over to patreoncom gvgaming. But that's it from us today. We're about to head into the patron exclusive post show. We will see you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other and stay safe. We love you and we'll see you later. Good night and good vibes. Bye.
2: Till we meet again.